You've been with this company a long time now, haven't you? Long, long time. Last month, I became a quarter of a century man. Oh, that's beautiful. A quarter of a century. Quarter of a century. Now, how long have you been in the mailroom? 25 years. and welcome to Generation Lost, the show about movies with me and Jeremy. How are you today, Jeremy? I'm pretty fucking good, man. Oh, yeah. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> I am uh, feeling great. I uh, have been, I, I've had a bike for a long time and mm-hmm. I used to be a big biker. And, yeah, you uh, biked to my house the first time you, you were on Balling Out. That's right. And I was just... from and, and people who are not from New York don't understand. Sunset Park and Ridgewood are very far apart. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a 40-minute bike ride. Um, More, probably. It's probably closer to an hour. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> it felt really far. Uh, that was like the longest... Right? I was just getting back into biking when we started the show. And then, obviously... The pandemic the thing happened. happened. Yeah, the, the thing, thing. That the thing event. We, <laughs> this thing of this ours. This thing of ours. Just ours. <laughs> Only we have coronavirus. <laughs> um, but uh, for some reason, you know, just being quarantined and scared, I finally got the courage to go on a bike ride yesterday. Mm-hmm. And uh, out of nowhere, I just like met up with my friend who just also happened to be on his first ri- bike ride in, in a few months. And it was great. I had, a, I had a great time, and uh, I went for another like twenty minutes today, and just went around my nice, neighborhood. Man. So I'm feeling very good. Yeah, cycling is is fantastic in Corona times because it's like it's really easy to maintain distance from people. Mm-hmm. It's you don't have to keep your mask on all the time. You can like kind of pop it on, pop it off. Yeah, I take some water and then yeah, get some um, good breaths. And uh, yeah, I mean it's it's. It's way better than the fucking like, subway or even walking, probably. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, in New York City, my friend I used to bike with a lot, and he would always say that bikes win. Because mm. we would just, like, multiple times, like, cops tried to chase us, and then we would just go the wrong way down one ways, and they, like, wouldn't follow us. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're just you're free. <laughs> it's such a great form of transportation. Yeah. In New York City, bikes win. So yeah. I've been having a good time. Um, I just took mine into the shop. I rode nice. to Brooklyn Bridge Park the other day. Oh, we should and, go on a uh, bike ride. I realized that my brakes were just like not responsive at all. And so I was just <laughs> kind of like really squeaking up behind every single car that I would come up behind. I almost like <laughs> rear-ended two different people. I, I was like, all right, I got I to gotta address this issue. <laughs> I brought it into the guy and he was like, oh, yeah, your front brake is about to fall apart. He's like, nice. you see this little screw up here, this little nut. Uh, it is about two turns away from just coming off, and if that happened while you were riding, you would crash pretty bad. <laughs> my, my bike uh, makes a really loud squeaking sound when I when I brake. Mm. Um, which, when I lived in Sunset Park, uh, through the little bit of Spanish that I do know, <laughs> um, I've 
understand that it's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I am going to take it to a bike place where they speak English so that I can be for sure that it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, and because this is fucking America. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't understand it as well as I want. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that it's totally Yeah, my bike fine. used to make this like horrific creaking noise when I would like... Um, <laughs> when I would uh, paddle, it would creak really loud. And um, I, I took it into the shop and the guy was like, oh yeah, the, uh, the, the thing that connects uh, the handlebars to the rest of the bike is completely shattered. No. <laughs> and so what's happening is the interior part of that, the bearing, or no, sorry, it was the bearing that shattered and the interior mm-hmm. pipe that uh, holds the two pieces together. He's like, what well, you're hearing, the creaking noise is that rubbing against the body. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like if you look in here it's nearly cut in half <laughs> cool. if this broke your handlebars would have snapped off <laughs> that would have been very funny to see though it would have been Someone very funny like, Whoop. <laughs> oh well <laughs> just holding their handlebars while they're flying down the street yeah. <laughs> it's like a mr bean bit <laughs> oh man all right anyway uh speaking about movies what did you watch this week um, all right, so I watched two things uh, this week that I want to talk about. Okay. Um, one of them will overlap potentially with you. But, okay, so the first thing is I watched um, Supermarket Sweep. <gasps> the really? old, like, early 90s game show. Okay. They just put it on Netflix. I watched a lot of game shows this week, actually. It was weird. Okay. Um, but people I watched... People are doing that. I feel like there's some weird, like, vaporwave nostalgia that people are like, yes, this helps. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's... This feels good. <laughs> well, there's, like, a weird, like, nostalgia wash that everybody is just kind of, like, immersing themselves in mm-hmm. right now to just kind of, like, just any sort of escapism from, from what we're doing yeah. uh, in life. <laughs> totally. But um, the, uh, yeah, like, Netflix just cranked out a bunch of new... Uh, game shows they have like the floor is lava and is that um, a show i've never heard of that show yeah so that show is like um similar to like american ninja warrior or whatever <laughs> like one of those obstacle course shows like but the, in american this one, gladiators yeah american gladiators sort of um so it's like an obstacle course show but then the water on the bottom is like red and you can't fall in oh no <laughs> because floor it's is lava. lava yeah <laughs> Yeah, and that's it. That's the whole bit of the show. It's not very good. I watched mm-hmm. one episode and turned it off. And then there's another one. I don't remember what it's called, but the bit is that they make you like stay up for 24 hours and then do the game show. <laughs> that Which sounds funny. It sounds really funny. Not very funny. Oh. There's a great Chris Gethard show episode, though, that I recommend people watch where Gethard and the team all stay up for 72 hours before doing the episode. Yeah. And... um they do like a little thing documenting they're staying up 72 hours and then the whole time he's just like crying at like the drop of a dime <laughs> because he's so like emotionally raw from being awake everybody from- once they fulfill their part of the episode just like goes to sleep <laughs> <laughs> and from being chris gethard yes of course <laughs> Um, oh, but anyway, so Supermarket Sweep, man, what a surreal experience it is to watch today. Yeah. It's like, um, so if you've never seen it before, uh, the concept is it's a supermarket that has like a live studio audience built into it. So they have like a <laughs> set that is a supermarket. That's right. There's a live studio audience there watching the game show. And the game show is like trivia about groceries. <laughs> yeah. 
about the jingles. Yeah, uh, like about jingles, about brand names, about what a company makes, about what type of food something is. <laughs> and then it's such a weird idea. Yeah, and then in between those games, there's like a little thing where like the person runs out to find a specific product. They have to like solve a limerick or something, and then they go out <laughs> oh, to find this the, product. That's the final uh, challenge, yeah. Well, then, then the last last thing is that you like fill up carts with food mm-hmm. to then bring back, and whoever has the most value in their cart, I guess, wins. <laughs> mm-hmm. You have to like remember how much shit costs when you're shopping. It's a weird thing because it's like everyone consumes in America, mm-hmm. so you, everyone has this like encyclopedic knowledge of the whole lore of yeah. <laughs> products and like it's a weird show because it it celebrates that in a really strange way yeah, it illustrates it and celebrates the idea that you know everything about these billion dollar companies <laughs> it's like you remember that stupid Adbusters cartoon that went around where it's like we asked these kids to identify these leaves and they didn't know them mm-hmm and then we asked them to identify these brand logos, and they did. Okay, sure. <laughs> it's like that sort of, but uh, <laughs> not trying to make any sort of a point at all. No, not critical. It doesn't feel like there's any perspective to the show, and that's what's so strange about it. Is that like <laughs> so they'll do a limerick that like the ending rhyme is like tied, and they're like tied, of course, tied, and they like <laughs> run out and like the cameras like chasing them down the <laughs> aisles of all the different brands of detergent, and it's like this endless. You know, the way that, like, um, was it uh, Gorbachev who... Uh, Did the Pizza Hut? Who, yeah, who, like, went to the, the supermarket and was like, so many different cereals. The Soviet <laughs> yeah. Union's been a lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's but just it's that, not, but it, over and over again. But it doesn't even feel like capitalist propaganda, because it's just like, we all like food, right? Yeah, who is it for? I don't know who it's for. I don't know who this entertained. It was like, like the questions are so bizarre because it's like, it's not general trivia. It's like... Food trivia. Food trivia, but it's not even trivia. It's just like, name a brand. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so um, my parents were on this show. What? And one... $10,000. No. Yeah. (laughs) I was five years old or something. (laughs) And, uh, and I've been. I have to find it. I know. I've been looking for it for so long. Dude, there's a bunch of episodes on Netflix. Maybe I, it's on there. They're not on there. I, lo- I just looked because I just found out about this because they just put them up this month. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, maybe finally they put up my parents episode because the only copy that I know of that exists is a VHS tape of it that's recorded off the television from the day it aired. Mm-hmm. And so I have no idea. I've always been meaning to digitize it because I don't want to lose it because it's right. so funny because my mom is like 25 years old. They're like, you know, they're kids. They're younger than me now. Yeah. And they um, have that like outrageous uh, like cusp of 80s to 90s styling oh yeah my mom has like big hair and huge glasses and mm-hmm. they're very cute um and are my... you doing like crosses and stuff no <laughs> 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 they weren't catholic <laughs> they, they were 
actually at this point i'm not even entirely sure they were christian yet really um, well because my parents were drug dealers until maybe i shouldn't say this but <laughs> uh, <laughs> they were fun kitty cats <laughs> <laughs> yeah my par- like my dad was like a surfer guy and my mom was a goth and oh, like, okay. So they they had like the um, like reaching a dead end, like yes. ascend upward sort of trajectory. They were like, oh, we can't just keep selling drugs, right? Yes. And then they're like, we kittens, having fun with kittens. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's fine. Uh, but uh, yeah, and then they were just like, it was the not you know, it was the eighties, and they were like, this mm-hmm. is boring. Uh, we want to you know, have kids and get Jesus and stuff. So it was a very right, like yeah. chill Jesus, you know, at first. Yeah, well, it's, it always feels like there's two trajectories, right, into like born again Christianity. And one of them is like uh, some sort of interaction with reactionary politics. And the other one is you've reached some sort of a like a, a dead end where yeah. you're like, if I keep doing what I'm doing, I'm going to die. So I have to you know it's it's totally. you reach the dead end and you ascend upward right you see the you see the wall and you're like the only way out is up into heaven baby let's go <laughs> that's my ticket out of here yeah and i think and that was definitely more of what my parents did they were just like yeah. oh we can continue like having friends and watching movies and just doing whatever we were doing but now we have a purpose right. so but they're very chill people um but they won um, and it's funny. Yes, yeah, so they my, won supermarket sweep. Uh, yeah, my dad was uh, very competitive and running through, and he's like, "It's, it's, we, it's one of those things where your family quotes the thing all the time because mm-hmm. it's like my parents were on TV." Um, so yeah, I have a real soft spot for that show because um, I remember like every question they asked my parents, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then yeah, so it's a weird one, especially to watch now. Just like everything feels like what vaporwave came to be yeah i have a friend who does a vaporwave project called groceries and then like korean symbols Mm -hmm. um that got like really popular on 4chan like people were posting about it constantly making memes about it Mm -hmm. and like he didn't realize it until i showed him (laughs) (laughs) he was like what (laughs) uh but it always reminds me of that music which is just like grocery store music slowed down (laughs) right yeah oh like sort of like chopped and screwed just like muzak yeah yeah Um, that's fun but it's it's that sort of like candy colored 80s shit it feels really insane well and like what's weird with with supermarket sweep is that it's like the the version that's on netflix at least has like a weird like i think they did some sort of smoothing to it to the frame rate oh really because it's you know it's old and and cameras at that time period like really sucked mm-hmm. <laughs> and um because it's like not like the good like old warm analog and it's not like the good crisp new digital it's just that weird between period where everything looks like ass and so i think <laughs> that they just like f- they smooth it in a weird way so it has that sort of surreal dreamlike sort of quality to it like yeah. um like when you go to your parents house and you're watching something on their hd tv that they haven't like <laughs> fixed the frame rate on <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it all looks like the fucking, like, Hobbit movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It all <laughs> just like, looks like, you, it looks like you've just, like, smoked, like, just slightly too much weed. <laughs> <laughs> like, why is everything crispy? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> why does everything look like slow-mo but fast? <laughs> <laughs> Am I dying? Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, that sounds great. I will watch yeah. it. 
Uh, also, I've been watching Seinfeld a lot lately. Me and too. You, I know you've been watching <laughs> Seinfeld a lot lately too. <laughs> oh, that's what you meant when you said it would come back to me. I thought you meant because you knew my parents won supermarkets. No, I wish I knew that. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> I can't wait to send. Well, you don't know my parents, but uh, it is. If you know my parents, it's really weird. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Seinfeld. Seinfeld. I'm, I'm on season eight. I'm season like four or something. I, I'm not really watching in any sort of order. I'm oh. watching through the season where they pitched the TV show. Okay. And then every so often I'll just like pop out to like watch another season, a couple episodes here and there. But it's what an interesting show because it's <laughs> so weird. like, it's so funny sometimes and it's so weird sometimes like it'll turn on a dime and then suddenly there's an episode like there's the one in season four where uh there's the guy babu who jerry like fucks up his visa yeah and he like returns to pakistan and like vows revenge on him and shit and you're like why is there like suddenly political material in this what's going on jerry (laughs) well it's weird because i feel like larry has always done that kind of stuff just because he's like it's almost like Larry doesn't understand or just he has these weird takes on taboos where mm-hmm. it's like he thinks it's funny, but it's not because it's taboo. It's just like something people are talking about or something like the episode of uh, Curb where he wants to eat the Palestinian chicken. Right. Um, like there's no it's a weird because the commentary isn't anything about like Palestinian versus Israel. It's just right. like his friends are mad at him for doing it, but he also likes the Palestinian chicken and he's like caught in between these two sides. And he's just like, the comedy comes from him being like, eh, I don't know. I like the chicken. Right. <laughs> um, and I feel like that's kind of how Seinfeld deals with politics, where it's just like, how do we make it funny? I don't care what we're saying. <laughs> right. But it's like, in particular, it just felt weird because it, it ends with him like, because, you know, it's always got the stand-up routines and whatever, and his stand-up routine at the end of that episode is him just like, yeah, I don't understand the the open border, <laughs> you know, and you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I think we should let people in, but maybe we shouldn't say, give us your tired and your poor. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe set our aspirations a little higher. <laughs> what the fuck, Jerry? <laughs> yeah i'd feel like it's weird because i feel like he just doesn't like there was a time in comedy when it was just like it wasn't about saying a real political anything he like doesn't care at all (laughs) he's just like how do i make this funny yeah it was that weird i mean it's from the same culture that brought us supermarket sweep right it's like (laughs) it's this weird time period where like nobody had anything to worry about it seems like (laughs) at least in like the elite class who are making media nobody had a thing to think about well we talk they talk about that all the time in uh you know podcast land it's just that like everyone who was working for the new york times writing shit like no one was no one was checking them like right. now there's this like horde of people on Twitter being like, you're a fucking moron right. all of the time because you are and you're very, very stupid. But before it was just like maybe some like insane, you know, Trotskyist like old man would write, <laughs> would right, write, write a, letter a letter to, to the editor that <laughs> they would like, just like, this opinion is very right wing and you sh- shouldn't be saying this. And then they'd be like, that's interesting. Okay. 
no one would write him back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe they would publish something lighter or whatever. But that like, was my dad. My dad wrote letters <laughs> to the editor every week. Really? Mm-hmm. Did he ever get published? Yeah, all the time. All the time. Yeah, yeah. He was like a uh, um, he was like a Newsday crank. A common fixture. <laughs> <laughs> Newsday is like the the Long Island newspaper. Yeah, and uh, he would regularly be in there, like you know, letters to the editor column, just being like, you know, you fucking the cable company sucks. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, that's awesome. Your my parents were on Supermarket Sweep, and your parents were in the Newsday. Yeah, my dad was the Newsday crank. <laughs> yeah, what was his logo? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, uh, yeah. So what, what did uh, what did what did you watch this week? What did I watch this week? I watched so many things, but I think what the one I wanted to talk about with you was Cloud Atlas. Ooh, I never saw it. I uh, it was one of those sh- movies that like I kind of had a feeling I well I remember being very excited about it mm-hmm. like because I liked The Matrix and I liked Tom Tickwer's shit or Tick however fuck you say it mm-hmm. and I was like three directors that's crazy this looks very big and it's like one of the most expensive independent films ever made you know right Um, it has all this weird shit around it and like the original trailer that they um released was like five minutes long (laughs) uh do you know about that like no i've never seen any single stitch of it really i just know it i mean i know it as like a movie made by the matrix people and I know it as something that my old coworker used to tell me to watch all the time, and I never watched <laughs> that. And Prometheus, they told me to watch Prometheus oh, too. That movie sucks. But um, don't get mad at me for that. I'll talk to. You. I'll tell you later if you're mad <laughs> why it sucks. But you, you should. Oh, know. I never saw. I no, never not, saw Prometheus. Not you. Uh, whoever's listening. To um, dear listener, <laughs> dear listener, don't be mad at me for that. It's a bad movie. But um, Cloud Atlas. Um, so. Had they, a bad reputation, though, right? Yes, it it's a very divisive movie. It has like fifty five Rotten Tomatoes score. Mm. Like it's one of those things where it's like right down the me- middle. People really liked it and they really hated it. Um, and I think it it was a really weird movie because they released a two minute video of the Wachowskis and Tom Tykwer talking about it. And it was the first time uh, Lana Wachowski was ever out. Mm-hmm. That was like the announcement for that movie was like, "Oh yeah, also my, I'm Lana now." <laughs> right, right, uh, right. So like that kind of overshadowed it too. It was this weird like, "Oh, this famous director is a trans person now," and uh, you know. And the movie is about like, like it's trans. About- it's about reincarnation. Like, yeah, like time trans. Well, there's a ton of like cross-dressing <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's it's a very weird movie. And so there was like that two-minute video <laughs> and then explaining why they made the movie and how they made the movie and then a five-minute trailer and then Warner Brothers distributed it and then uh, yeah, it came out and obviously made not that much money. It, I think it broke even basically. Um, actually, I know it did. I looked it up because basically they funded it themselves like they were rich from the matrix and so they're like let's make cloud atlas it'll be fun and then uh they did and then they made their money back um what is like the what is the racist angle that people always talk about okay so the racist angle is that there is so the movie is 
uh, six different stories from mm-hmm. like 1800s to like far, far, like 3000 in the future. Okay. Um, and, and there is one, one of the stories is, takes place in like, um, Neo Korea. Okay. Where it's like, I think it's supposed to be like 2,500, like 2502 or something. And like, the idea is that like, the world is completely different and there's a lot more like diaspora of like Asian and European people. And so some of, so every character like Tom Hanks and Halle Berry and the Korean girl who I forget her name. Um, I forget the actress's name, but they all play different characters in each story. So it's like, there's, like Halle Berry is in like white face <laughs> and like the Asian girl is, is a redheaded in some points and like, um, and at some point somebody's in blackface. Nobody's in blackface. I don't think there's only one black guy in the, no, there's like four black guys. Well, in Halle the Berry is, is black. Halle Berry's black. Okay. There's many. Um, but, <laughs> but, but so basically in, in that story, people have, uh, like epicanthic folds. Like everyone mm-hmm. does, um, it's nothing else is about about their face is different or their skin. It's just like the, everyone has like eyes with epicanthic folds, and okay. uh, which makes sense in the story because like everyone is like partially Asian now, right? Because it's the it's future. like the gray race, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but then, so obviously, people found that some people found that racist. Um, it's not my place to say. Is that all a, it is? Yes. I thought it was like somebody like becomes black or something. No, there's no blackface in the movie. No, but I thought like somebody like wakes up black or something like that. <laughs> no. <laughs> Nobody, <laughs> a, no character actually changes race within the story. Okay. Like in the story, everyone is who they are, but it's, there's six different stories. So some of the actors play cross racially. And that right. is, I guess, controversial, but like, that far in the future, like there's there, there is no race, right? Like the idea right. is that there isn't races. The the classes are because some of them are um, clones. So all the clones are the lower class, and they're like feeding them them like the dead bodies of them, the clones, mm-hmm. and uh, it's all dystopian and fucked up. But just like everyone is sort of kind of Asian ish. Yeah. You know. So what um, did you think? Did you like it? So I thought it was amazing. <laughs> like uh I thought the movie was insane cuz it so the movie in the book, I haven't read the book, but uh Chris has. And apparently the book is like you read half of one story and then there's one, two, three, four, five halves and you read them in order, right? So you start mm-hmm. at one and then two, three, four, and then you read the whole of the sixth story, and then you read the second half of five, four, three, two, one. And so like, like okay, each story yeah. is bookended, um, which is like a very literary device that could never be a movie, right? Mm-hmm. So instead of doing that, they rewrote the whole s- script to like cut constantly between all six stories. So you're watching all six of them play at once. Right. Um, and that kind of highlights the the similarities between all of the stories, um, 
people it's it's almost all people trying to do some kind of small revolution right one of them is literally a like takedown of the ruling class mm. um but most of them are just like some small spit in the eye of like a big company or a sort of um you know india tea company trade and somebody's trying to get the truth to be known that changes something for the rest of time um and it's just all of them are done really really well um the i guess everything looks incredible the movie is almost three hours long but feels like it goes by really quickly because it's just Mm -hmm. so much shit is happening um there isn't really any moments in my opinion of like cringe some of the acting especially from Halle Berry is a little bit iffy um but besides that it's like it's pretty crazy how they you 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 stay informed about everything that's going on and you sort of get more and more of an understanding of how everyone's tied together and why everyone's tied together um and it's not like the it's weird cuz i expected them to be tied together by like something supernatural but it's all like they all have some part of their story literally like they found a journal or something um and so just the the amount of attention to detail that went into making the fucking thing right. is bonkers. <laughs> like you kind of have to look at it like it's a huge passion project. Yeah, right? yeah, and you kind of have to appreciate it just that they were able to make a coherent movie at all. Um, yeah, it sounds insane. Like part of why I've never watched it is how daunting it sounds. Yeah, but it really kind of just flows by. You're just like watching. Sometimes you're watching an action. One of the stories is just an old man who gets committed to an old folks home and hates Mm -hmm. it and wants to break out. And it's sort of this like very quaint British comedy that's just like in the middle of it all. But, um, apparently they like make in the future, they make a movie of his movie of of his story. And so that's how he's connected to later. And it's just this really cute movie that has like, has Rob Webb from Mitchell and Webb look in it. And like, Mm -hmm. uh, it's very silly and sort of this like comedic, like a lifting point where you're just like, Oh, okay. We can just watch this silly thing for a little while. Um, yeah, it it ends up being a really fun watch. Um, and I think if there is an issue I have with it is that it never feels as like awe inspiring as I think they want it to. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's never this huge grandiose thing that feels, cause I've watched movies where I've felt like, oh, wow, this is, like, deeply affecting my life, <laughs> you know? Like, right. I, it, it, you know, it's every once in a while, art will, like, really challenge the way you think of things and really stay with you and make you look at things philosophically. And I don't know if it really does that, even though it clearly wants to. Um, but it's, uh, it works, though. Like, it, it's still just a really fun and beautiful film. Um, yeah, how long is it? I think it's almost three hours long. Ooh. It's like two and a half or, or two forty-five. Um, the most, <laughs> I think, the thing that most people had call cringy is like the very, very farthest future one. Mm-hmm. Is uh, Tom Hanks is like this? Tom Hanks is in it. He's in every one of them. He's he's what? It's he's actually the the, the best part of the movie. I thought because you really are either gonna hate or love his performance in the main in his main story which is um uh he's like really far in the future 
there's been an apocalypse, right? And it's like a hundred years after the apocalypse. And right. so he's on some sort of earth called like the Valley lands. Um, and they've just, there's an entirely new culture <laughs> where it's like some sort of like mixture of like, you know, Creole and some sort of weird pigeon language where they call every, they talk insane. Like it's a weird accent and like basically a different language. Mm -hmm. um, and once you sort of get used to like having this weird future slang where everyone's sort of talking like in a weird Southern accent, it's actually really impressive that it feels as natural as it does. Um, but I do see how people could find that very silly <laughs> uh, and not wanting, not want to give it the benefit of the doubt. Um, he also has these weird visions of um, Agent Smith as like a weird devil. Um, and that's very strange too. Like the character Agent Smith or the actor? The actor. Oh, okay. He's like, It'd be very funny if Agent Smith... Uh, that's what I kept thinking <laughs> when you said like, yeah, the far off future in the year 3000. I'm like, how funny would it be if it was the Matrix is just part of this? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it's like... So it's devoted to the book. Like in a way that I don't right. know, like it's in sort of a Zack Snyder, a Watchmen kind of way. Like it really trusts its material to just like, let it be that. Um, and they don't really change much apparently. So it's wild. It's a weird ride, but I was very surprised. It was one of the first movies I've seen in a long time where I like just put down my phone and didn't look at it. Cause there was so much going on. I felt like it deserved all of my attention. Right. Cause I have like ADHD or whatever. And I like, I'm always kind of doing something else just to like make sure my attention is on it. But like this one was like, there's so much I couldn't look at anything else. Right. Um, so I had a great time with it. Uh, it is very weird. And I think if you don't like speed racer mm -hmm. or the matrix sequels and you don't really understand where they're coming from with like being extremely sincere, right. <laughs> it might be, uh, a little bit too much for like irony poison people. Right. Um, Cause it's very sincere. Um, but I think it's really cool. It has some great shots. Also Tom Tyker directed run Lola run and perfume. Um, great films that just, yeah. it looks incredible. Is run Lola run good. Uh, that's I've a, seen it. That's an interesting point. I don't <laughs> I've know. I've seen it a few times and I feel like it has this outsized reputation for what it actually is. Yeah. It's it's a gimmicky movie. Yeah. And I don't know if it's good now. But I don't know if it's good. <laughs> perfume is really good though. Mm -hmm. Have you seen that? No. Uh it's about this guy who is like he has like superpower sense of smell. Uh it's insane. How much of how much of Run Lola Run's popularity do you think is just based on the fact that it's like German and people are like, "Look at them, they made a movie." <laughs> Yeah, they've come so far. It's not even racist. <laughs> <laughs> I always feel like you get like a little bit of a pass for like most because like people don't expect like big movies to come from pretty much anywhere but here. And right. like same with like Parasite where everyone was like, wow, this is so good. <laughs> Look at you. But that movie is great. That is actually a great movie. Yeah, Run Lola Run, I think, kind of sucks. I don't think it's. But I haven't sucks. seen it in I a think long ass time, so I don't know. I my my I think my feeling on Run Lola Run is that it's a cute, like X Files episode. Like it's a it's a fun idea that like mm -hmm. it's only eighty minutes. You know, like it's a movie that has an idea, and it's like, what if you like 
what if one thing happened and how the butterfly effect the idea right and it like just did that and it was like yeah, and then it's over <laughs> right. and i think it does it well i mean it's not that it's innovative but it's not ground it was groundbreaking at the time but it feels i think it was so influential that it kind of just feels pedestrian now right so i don't mm-hmm. know all right i still remember like the the moment when the time changes like it goes to like a cartoon remember and she like jumps over the dog right yeah that's fun it's cute i don't know <laughs> that's the thing is i mean it's kind of i they're not going to hear this bonus episode for months but it's uh kind of like what we were talking about about romantic comedies that yeah. like uh th- like the idea of like enjoyable versus good like run the little run i feel like is very fun it's very cute totally but i don't think i would say it's good <laughs> <laughs> all right that's fair you should um, we should rewatch it again because yeah, i do remember should. like i loved that movie when i was a kid i know well that's the thing is it's like it's one of those things like like if we watched like donnie darko <gasps> it's the kind of thing that like i do want to revisit them because i do want to see like how much it like how much watching it as an adult versus watching it as a teen <laughs> will differ but i don't want that in our feed i don't want people to like like the oh. first time you hear about our podcast and you go and you're like oh cool it's a movie podcast with these people i like from other shows donnie let's, darko. let's take a look at what they've been watching and it's like run lola run donnie darko yeah no that's <laughs> like, a really good point <laughs> Fight Club. Yeah, um, no. <laughs> Goodfellas. Because I think we could have interesting takes that most people don't have. I know. I'm genuinely interested in watching Donnie Darko again, but we should just I, do, I just don't want it in there. We should just do them as bonus episodes. Requiem <laughs> for a Dream. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. What else? <laughs> uh, Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, Reservoir Dogs. Um, well, we already did Boondock Saints. We did Boondock Saints. <laughs> that movie sucks. Yeah, maybe we should do a stream. We'll yes. do a Donnie Darko stream. Oh, yeah. There you go. Donnie Darko. Because I think Donnie Darko is probably good still. I don't know. I think it is. I feel is. like the thing with Donnie Darko is I feel like it needs that website really badly <laughs> and it doesn't you i don't think the website exists anymore no not at all but, but like I just watched so many of the gaps of that movie were filled by content on that website i just watched uh, a sequence from that movie where um beth grant the evil kitty she, she's like the religious fanatic when she's telling you like i doubt your commitment to sparkle motion <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, like that stuff is still pretty funny and like it definitely doesn't take itself too seriously um there's a lot of moments you know where they talk about like the smurfs and like tell that girl to shut up a lot and like right there's a lot of lines in the movie where you know it's it's being darkly funny and like not trying to make you be like it's not brooding like those other movies are where it's like so far up its own ass that it like can't tell that like dudes wearing suits isn't that cool right (laughs) um so i don't know i think that one if there's one that's stood the test of time i think that one's probably better but it is sort of just about killing yourself to save the rest of your family yeah um so i don't know and like just weird like teenager uh angst angst, where like the line that always that will forever stick with me is the like 
Why are you wearing that stupid bunny costume? <laughs> Why are you wearing that stupid man costume? <laughs> and you're supposed to be like, whoa. Whoa. Why, <laughs> what? Is, why is he wearing that stupid Dude, man why suit? though? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would, this, is, this is what I'm saying. I don't know yeah. how it holds up. But I think <laughs> I would give a... I would probably like it. Especially because I just think he has one of the strangest careers like Southland, no Richard Kelly, because like he made Southland Tales after that, and then he mm-hmm. made The Box, which is one of the weirdest movies <laughs> I've ever seen. <laughs> um, anyway, we'll get to it. But yeah, we'll get to it right now. We should right probably now, get to we're the movie talk about we watched. The movie we watched, which is um, the nineteen sixty seven musical comedy film How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying, based oh, yeah. on. The stage show of the same name, which is itself based on the book of the same name. <laughs> it's 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 the title all the way down. Yeah, um, it's uh, it's it's a delightfully tacky 1960s uh, comedic musical, um, starring Robert Morse, yes. the weirdest looking man in show business, who you may know from Mad Men later in his career. He's the the uh, goateed man. The what is his name in the show? He's like the big boss, right? He's like the main guy. Yeah, he's one of the. He's uh, not oh, Bentram s- Cooper or Cooper. Bertram Bertram Cooper. Yeah, he's always wearing no shoes, and he's got like a weeb fetish or whatever. And he, yeah, uh, he he, uh, he has like a Colonel Sanders goatee. But he's like one of the partners, right? It's, yeah, he's the owner of Sterling Cooper. Right. Oh, yeah, it's Roger Sterling and, and Bertram Cooper. Yeah. Um, anyway, so stars Robert Morris as J. Pierpont Finch. Uh, <laughs> but his real name is Pierpont Finch, and then somebody just tells him B.J. Pierpont Finch, and he's like, okay, sure. Uh, yeah, that's a, right. I'm J. Pierpont <laughs> Finch. So he's a window washer who finds a book called How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying. At one uh, of those uh, like little... Uh, New York stands where they sell yeah, gum and shit. <laughs> uh, and he buys this little book. He reads it, and uh, it just does like this step by step walkthrough, I, I guess, of like how to get to the top of a corporation. Uh, and throughout the movie, he basically just like he shows up at this company, walks in the door, tries to get a job in the mailroom, does, and then just through a Pure series charm, of fun basically. hijinks and charm and lying, <laughs> just <laughs> trickery. Uh, manages to make his way up the corporate ladder over the course of, I think, two weeks or so. Uh, yeah, he, by the time it's his third day, he's like a junior executive. Yeah. Um, so not 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 a realistic movie, but a, yeah, <laughs> um, a, it's a it's a it's a. But farce. people comment on it, right? Everybody comments all the yeah, time. They're yeah. like, "Wow, it's wild! You're already." <laughs> Weren't you just in the mailroom? <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, there's a, a secondary character, um, Bud Frump, is I think his name? Yep. Who is the boss's nephew, who is his like rival, who's trying to get to the top before him. Um, and they're kind of like neck and neck for the whole movie, but not really. Uh, really never feels like Frump really gets a big handle on this. Uh, and then there's like a, a love interest, but it's not super important unfortunately yeah <laughs> yeah um but ultimately what it is is the story of J. Pierpont finch uh showing up to the company and making his way to the goddamn top that's right and then and, he does um, he becomes he the does. president of the company by the end and then rosemary his girlfriend who they've been courting each other 
for the whole thing. And there's a few scenes of like, oh no, were you actually fucking this other woman? And then it's a big, uh, but he wasn't. Yeah, Eddie LaRue. Yeah. There's there's a few scenes where something bad happens, but she stays with him for any for unknown reasons, and then she's like, um, "Oh, maybe one day he'll be president of America." And he's like, "What did you say?" And the the implication is that he does. Yeah, uh, and then that's or at the least movie. he tries. Yeah, yeah he tries. <laughs> um, um. So, had you ever seen this before? I'd never heard of this movie. Really? <laughs> no, not at all. I I had no clue what I was getting into, and. Mm-hmm. It was pointed out to me that I um, had seen posters for when Daniel Radcliffe uh, yes. was in the revival of this um, fairly recently. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah I've seen these posters. But mm-hmm. um, I, 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 I didn't make the connection until after the movie was over. Yeah, famously in the Daniel Radcliffe version, there is a scene where you see his dick. <laughs> yeah, he... <laughs> Now it's in his contract. He had to show his dick to the redhead. Yeah, DR must show hog. Yeah. That's the rule. <laughs> it's his thing. It's his calling card. Um, but yeah, so... Um, so you'd never seen it. You'd kind of maybe heard of it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, it was an, in the periphery. Uh, yeah. yeah I never heard of it. Had you grown up with this movie? Yeah, or? I grew up watching this. I love this movie so okay. much. It's um it's I've been in this show. I've like wow. seen it when it's like come around. I've you seen um, it on Broadway with Matthew Broderick? I think I saw it with Matthew Broderick, yeah. Um That's and cool. I saw it on like an off Broadway like touring show type of thing, and I've seen like dinner theater versions of it. It's a show that basically if I see that it's being put on somewhere, I will go see it because it's just <laughs> so much fucking fun and um it's such a like it's it's sort of this like great like middle age of like Broadway like classic mm. kind of in the same vein as um uh funny thing happened on the way to the forum mm. these sort of like 60s like madcap sort of fun uh musicals <laughs> that aren't like golden age Broadway they're not like new corporate ass Broadway but they're like nice fun goofy like there's always like a dirty joke or two and you're supposed to be like ah you know he's fucking the secretary (laughs) what yeah well this this was uh the movie was very um forward with that (laughs) like Mm -hmm. the guy who was just a rapist yeah (laughs) Uh, so what did you think did you like this um sort (laughs) of um this is so my thing with there's a certain kind of popular um entertainment from this era that it doesn't it's not that i don't dislike it um i think i just that it needs to try extra harder extra hard to grab me um and the one thing i'll say about this movie um there's a lot of things i do like about it um i thought that uh robert what's his name morse yeah, Robert Morse um, is extremely funny and likable. Um, mm. He's really great. He was, he originated the role. On, yeah, uh, he's Broadway. on Broadway. And yeah. then I I read a bunch about it and that it won a fucking Pulitzer and you know it's a very popular play and that the book was also a, like a satire of it of self help books. Mm-hmm. It's like one of the things that was very popular at the time, which is just like <laughs> making fun of self help books because they were new a new thing to make fun of. Um, but, uh, he's very funny. He looks like a mixture between, um, who does he look like? He looks like Flea. 
and yeah, Jerry uh-huh. Lewis or something. Uh, yeah, he definitely looks like Jerry Lewis. Yeah. Um, he's got a big wide gap in his tooth, and he's always close talking people. Yeah, um, making weird faces, touching people. Like, yeah. but yeah. So the comedy is so broad that it mm-hmm. like never makes me laugh. Like, I, there was only like one part in the movie. I can't really remember. I feel like I chuckled once. Um, I have a hard time with stuff like this because I don't know what I'm supposed to be feeling. Yeah. Because uh, you're not laughing. You're not it's not really funny. Laughing. <laughs> it's like... It's charming. It's charming. It's fun. It's not funny. Right. right? It's, it's supposed to... The way I feel about it is like even just putting nostalgia for the show generally aside, I think just kind of like letting yourself kind of sink into that sort of show mentality right where you're at a you're at a play you're watching the music you know yeah like you're just there to have fun you're not necessarily there to laugh you're not because you could have gone you know you could have gone to caroline's if you wanted to laugh you know (laughs) you went to a show for the whole thing it reminds me a lot of um i saw my friend was doing costumes for um it's nice work if you can get it Mm-hmm. which is a play that also Matthew Broderick was in on Broadway. Um, and I saw that because she got me free tickets. And um, it was, f- this is w- way better than that. Because <laughs> this that was like absolutely no reason for any of the story whatsoever, except the dancing and the, you know, the sort of like slapstick. Yeah. Um, but I... I have to like really try to put myself in the mindset of like, that's what I'm here for. So just try and like enjoy the dancing, enjoy the funniness. Um, and I'll say that this movie looks incredible. Yeah. Like it's so good looking. Um, it's, it's really peak like 60s, tacky, colorful, mm-hmm. fun. It you know? looks like a everything that looks cool about like the the on earth portions of 2001 mm-hmm. are um it almost it it's so over the top it almost looks like a parody of itself like it right. almost looks like austin powers yeah i was know? thinking it looks like um like early uh woody allen oh yeah yeah like a casino royale and like what's new put or what's new pussycat or whatever. yeah what's new pussycat and like um the the sex one what is it uh everything you wanted to know mm-hmm. About um, sex, what are afraid yeah. to ask? And it has it, that very like seti sort of vibe to it. Everything looks like it's <laughs> built for this. Like yeah. nothing looks like it's a real place. Uh, but actually, they filmed some of the office parts in the J.P. Morgan Chase building. No kidding. Yeah, it's like huh. actually filmed in New York, which is so weird. Like the scene yeah. where he like comes into the office and then like throws cigarettes everywhere and like puts mm-hmm. all the cups of coffee to look like he's working um, or he's been working all night. Um, that part is actually shot in the JP Morgan, the current day JP Morgan chase building. It was something else at the time, but it looks crazy, right? Like it's like all lime green and shit. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and so that, I mean, and these I, like huge rooms with like desks lined up the yeah. way they are is really strange. <laughs> I've never seen that sort of workspace, but if you know, media would have you believe in the sixties, it was rampant. Yeah. And I mean, it, I feel like I've seen pictures of like my grandma was a switchboard operator. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of, I've seen pictures of that and it kind of looks like that. Um, but um, it just is so cool to look at set design wise. Um, and also uh, there's, this movie was 
according to Wikipedia, had like custom staging by Bob Fosse. Mm-hmm. Um, and it definitely looks like it. Um, I don't know if you're a fan of Fosse. Are you a Fosse no, guy? No, particular, no. Big Fosse guy? Um, no, I really like his work on like The Little Prince and mm-hmm. uh, I think he did Cabaret, right? And, and and there's lots of great dancing stuff because it's not really dancing. It's not like, oh, I'm watching, you know, Top Hat or some Fred Astaire bullshit. It's like these right. really weird sort of visual set pieces that involve people moving in weird ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and though that's really fun, too. Um, I, I mean, as much as I can like that kind of thing, I liked that kind of thing in this movie yeah. where it's not I wasn't like, wow, I'm blown away. But it was like, well, that's pretty weird. <laughs> well, where are you generally on musicals? I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't... Like, what musicals do you like? I like... Uh, Hamilton. No. <laughs> Rent. <laughs> I have never seen Rent. Um, I'm big on Disney musicals. Mm-hmm. Um, I like most of those. Um, I like uh, Hedvig and the Angry Inch. But really, it wasn't like... I didn't get into musicals until... Uh, people showed me ones that had more modern music right. like Rocky Horror and um even I started to get into I like Sweeney Todd I like some Sondheim shit that's more recent too I think right um well Sondheim would have been I like Wicked his like his early days are kind of around this time yeah I've actually never seen Sondheim on Broadway or, or in in a play um mm-hmm. I've only seen the movies I've seen right. like uh I've seen the Sweeney Todd movie, which I like the music for. I saw, I've only heard the music of Wicked, but I kind of like the m- music for Wicked. Um, so I don't dislike musicals, but right. I do. It's hard for me to listen to like the really like 60s like glistening strings and stuff and be mm-hmm. like, this is sick. You know, <laughs> um, it's very specific to the time. Um, so I don't, one thing that I, wanted more of from this movie was any reason to care about rosemary and i found out that in the play that she has a bunch of solo songs that they took Mm -hmm. out and uh, i guess their relationship is more fleshed out and i would have liked to hear that but like i really enjoyed the characterization of like some of the even side characters like smitty and like rosemary's friends and stuff yeah (laughs) um they're fun um the boss, like the the big boss, is very fun. The, oh yeah, his like knitting the habits. Double and... damn, damn, ding, 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 <laughs> damn. <laughs> he has all these like weird like verbal ticks that are just like an interesting choice. I don't know if that's written or if that's the an actor's choice, yeah. but it's like whatever it is, it's very fun uh, <laughs> and just like a weird specific thing to have a character do. Mm-hmm. Um, I like. Um, <sighs> Yeah, I mean, I I like all of the bosses. Basically, are very fun. At the end, when like the chairman of the board is just like this fun, like like ridiculous Jew character who's just oh, like the mustache. Yeah, guy? you were a window washer. I was a window oh, washer yeah. too. <laughs> this fucking idiot old college over here. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I, actually, I lied. I wasn't a college man. Yeah, <laughs> even though that's the only reason he got there. Yeah, I mean, like, it's a funny movie. I don't know. It's like a charming movie. Yeah. Um but like there's there like when they did um like the Brotherhood of Man mm-hmm. thing 
is like, why is this happening? That's sort you of know, my... that, that song has nothing to do with the story. It's just a big number. But most things, most of the numbers don't. Like, I feel like the, my big problem with musicals more often than not is like, they don't, there's like a lot of numbers that tend to not having to do with motivating any of the characters. It's just like an excuse to dance and have a fun mm-hmm. time, which is fine. I don't, I think that in terms of technical skill, like this is all done really well. Yeah. Um, it's just like in the, sur- I'm not sure what it's in the service of exactly because like, what's the one where uh, a secretary is not a toy. <laughs> yeah. That song sucks. It's not good. Uh, that's really weird. It's like, don't rape your secretary. Um, <laughs> There's a lot of weird songs. What's the that one? Don't um, move things along very what's well. The really fun one where they're like, um, they're dancing and they like are all leaning backwards on top of each other as they walk towards each other. It's sort of in the beginning. I can't yeah. remember the the number exactly, but that was really cool looking. Has a lot of good dancing. Um, yeah. But I feel like people get mad at me. This is the thing about musicals <laughs> is that people get mad at me for liking movies because of the way they look like, People are like, Jodorowsky doesn't even have a story. Like, right. The Holy Mountain is just a movie that looks cool, and that's the only reason you like it. And it's like, well, at least partially, yeah. Um, I love looking at that movie. But then, like, people watch this, and they're like, how do you not like it? <laughs> it's right. like, well, it doesn't look that cool to me. <laughs> no, I mean, I could see how somebody could not like this. I don't think this is, like, a like universally lovable show. Um, well, I think the show, show is. I think if you went to see the show, I think you'd have a blast. I think uh-huh. the movie, like movie versions of musicals, are always going to be a crapshoot. Totally. Because I think if you don't like the music, if you don't like the show to begin with, there's almost never going to be anything there for you because you could always either be watching a musical or watching a movie. You don't need to watch mm. a movie musical. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's always going to be a risk uh, in that regard. Um, but. I, I'm curious what you think of this, because this is something that I noticed this time watching. There's an interesting thing that happens when they put Finch up against Frump, right? Uh-huh. Where those are our two main characters, basically, right? Finch and Frump, and then Rosemary, kind of. Uh-huh. But the main protagonist is Finch, antagonist Frump, and we're supposed to root for Finch and not for Frump, when essentially, like, what they're doing is the same, oh, right? Yeah. Like, essentially, Except like, that he's he has, the, like, the upper hand of nepotism. Right. Frump but, has the... But it's, like, is that morally, like, worse than just outright lying to everybody all the time? Yeah, I mean, well, that's one of the things that I wanted... I was hoping we would get out of this movie was some kind of common... Because it's, like, there is some kind of stance right it has Mm. it like the satire is like business is stupid no one knows what they're doing everyone is just lying and backstabbing and like it's sort of underlying foundation is that all of this is morally bankrupt Mm -hmm. um but and that's it yeah and the only thing that matters there is like these small connections that you make the only real thing in corporate world is is those small connections you make. Right. And, but you know, it's interesting cause there's no, 
there's no commentary about like the exploitation of labor or they, they make something called wickets, which I think is like specifically you're supposed to understand is like a sixties word for like not nothing or like nonsense, yeah. like sticky uh-huh. wicket or something. Um, so there, there has no commentary about manufacturing or any sort of damage. It almost comes at it entirely from the idea that it is full of assholes. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it. like they're just it, all in, in the world of how to succeed in business. Like, like the your material compensation for your work is clout. That's really the yeah. only thing that you seem to get. Like, they, pay is never brought up once in it. Which is so strange because it seems like the reason you'd think he, the reason he's lying and you know scrimping and like trying so hard to get to the top is for money but that really starts to become unclear as he gets Mm -hmm. higher and higher up like he hasn't worked there long enough to even get a paycheck like (laughs) he's like running the advertising portion of the business he's like the vice president of advertising and he just wants to become the president um for apparently no reason because he has money apparently at this point um he starts dressing differently. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it kind of is this view from, it's almost like somebody, it's like a kid who knows that big business is lame and bad and they don't like it, but don't actually know why. You right. know what I mean? Like, it's just not cool. Mm-hmm. Um, this is kind of the perspective it comes from. is just, it's not cool. <laughs> well, I think it's making, it's the commentary isn't about, you know, it isn't about business overall. It's about offices, right? Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's about office culture and work culture and the way that like, like I think the biggest takeaway and, and the reason why Brotherhood of Man kind of is, you know, a relevant song in the story is that, you know, the, the, the moral of the story, the lesson is, is that the only thing that's real in an office is the, the human relationships that you develop with your coworkers. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's, you know, Finch and Rosemary end up in love or whatever. And like Finch and, and Frump bury the hatchet and like he makes all these friendships and like kind of, but he, he's lying the whole time to like get these friendships. And that never, <laughs> that never seems yeah. to like <laughs> fall down. There's no hammer that falls on him. And I guess that's kind of part of the point too, is that it's like in a world of liars, the best liar is the king, right? Yeah there's no point where there's a reckoning because what reckoning would there be? Because everybody is a liar. (laughs) Right. And I think that's kind of, and I wondered as I was watching it, like if anyone got in, if there was any like McCarthyist like suspicion of the original author or like Mm. I, I, nothing that I could find, but I was, you know, I was wondering if this was as far as you could push it, you know, <laughs> like yeah. it, was this as far as you could make a criticism of capitalism without getting like called a, a commie or, you know, getting blackballed or whatever. Right. And I don't know. I mean, maybe it, but it also just sort of, it's, it's also funny how it ends. Like we said, like with him being like, well, I guess I'll just become the president the same way <laughs> by lying, you know? Um, and it's fun, like the idea that he goes to the president's office and he's just going to lie his way into the president making him the president. <laughs> yeah, because the last shot is him window washing in the White House. Yeah. Um, so I think that's funny and interesting. And there's a lot to chew on. And I think more so than any other, you know, musical from around the same time. Um, but it's 
pretty light. It's it's yeah. it's cotton candy. Um and that's how I felt about it is that it was fun yeah, while it was it's on. It's a show. It's a funny show. It's a cute <laughs> little thing. It looks really cool. You get a really good if you like that sort of like it reminded me a lot. I went and saw before the world is over. I went and saw a an exhibit at the Brooklyn Museum of like 60 this the 60s 70s clothing designer. Ooh. Um and it was nuts. It all looked like this but even more like like spacey um and i can't remember who what his name was um oh maybe i'll put the link in the description or something but um it all reminded me of that it was just fascinating looking because like it was like all these weird ideas of what big business was and the future was so it's cool to look at um all, yeah. the, all the singing is very good all the dancing is very good and if you want uh if you want to song and dance then you could do a lot worse than this yeah, if you're a fan of like just general '60s camp, like there's not much better for it than this. Like it's mm-hmm. there's so many great like like it, secretary outfits are such a staple of '60s camp. I think like there's so many good ones in this. Oh yeah, it was also so great because I remember like you know putting on these ridiculous hats and stuff that my grandmother had when I was. Mm-hmm little and just being like what are like it all felt like absurd dress-up clothes and then to watch women who look like friends i've worked at companies with like wear them it was like yeah and comfortably yeah just like the weirdest part is you see them wearing it comfortably and you're like wow yeah people just wore that people did their hair like that people like got up at 5 a.m to do their (laughs) fucking hair and stuff yeah and it's funny because that girl schmitty uh like one of the first characters you meet looks like exactly like a coworker I had once. So mm-hmm. it was always, I just like was endlessly fascinated with everything she was doing. Cause it was like, look, it's, it's her. <laughs> I know that girl and she's in the sixties now. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's, it's a, it's, I love things where you can sort of imagine what you would do and look like in an, in a pastime. Yeah. So it's really good for that too. Um, There's one last thing I want to bring up just very quickly is no, that ahead. there's an interesting juxtaposition in this movie that I noticed this time where there's a lot of like exterior establishing shots of New York um, yes. that are the most grim gray <laughs> saddest things I've ever fucking seen <laughs> the city could not look less alive or cool or interesting and then suddenly inside it's like Bwah, yeah. color <laughs> And it's funny because there's like one shot where he's out on the street, like doing a weird dance. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that one looks like, oh, wow, that's crazy. That's New York. Um, and it looks nuts, you know, that you mm-hmm. see Times Square and there's a lot of cool stuff. But you're right. Every single other shot of like the establishing shots look like they're shot on like an eight millimeter camera, like a way worse camera. And it just yeah. looks like every, no one's there. It looks like all blown <laughs> out and shitty. It's really jarring. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that, but that is really fun to look at. It's cool that it's in New York. If you're from New York or you care about it at all, it is cool to see it in the sixties that way. Um, like I said, some of these are real buildings that it was shot in at the time. Um, so that's cool too. Um, yeah. For me, like, I like a musical, like, 
I hated the Les Mis movie. Did you see the Les Mis movie? No. Oh my god, it's I don't like the musical so much. I really like some of the songs from that musical. Um, I've never seen it live. I've never seen a performance of it, but I really like the Anne Hathaway song. Um, I like some of the other stuff from it. Um, so, but this movie has this isn't one of those musicals, right? There's no emotional stuff, right? Um, and I wish there were. I wish there was a more a few numbers that would have made me feel like I wanted Rosemary and him to get together because they were so cute and there yeah. is chemistry and like the few scenes they have together. That was like sort of my my big criticisms of it are like just that it on its own terms it it kind of stumbles in places where it just doesn't care about some of the things. It sounds like the show right. did better. Um, and that's what's interesting is that like you know Finch and Rosemary are the actors who originated those roles, which yeah. means that they did like, I think they said like 1400 of this <laughs> show. <insane. laughs> like the chemistry there is real because they've hammered it out over like thousand, like over a thousand times doing it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, I would imagine it's like, a, it's like David Duchovny and Jillian Anderson. Like they, mm-hmm. they're clearly fucking in the background. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, I, and it's it's just a shame because like so that's some of my favorite stuff in the in the show is where yeah. he's like sort of trying to keep all of his lies uh, under control and he really likes this girl and like they're sort of fl- like the one number they have together what is it called um, the I believe in you no not that one um, the it's been a long day yes yes yes, um, yes, yes. where they're like she wants to go out with him and he's sort of realizing that and like that's mm-hmm. really cute stuff. And that was the first time I was like, oh, I care about these characters a little bit. And like, there's so little of it um, that I was like, well. Frump's version of that song is very funny because he like just witnessed uh, his uncle like flirting with Hetty LaRue, who is the the bombshell secretary woman who like is hot by a very different standard than the one we currently live by. That's so funny because it's like very clear through like the literal like Looney Tunes, like like trombone. Like she's supposed to be Jessica Rabbit or something. Yeah, she's supposed to be like overwhelmingly hot. Yeah, and everyone's just like literally like bonking themselves in the head and drooling. Uh, (laughs) But she is like, I don't, she seems like she'd be really annoying to hang out with. Like she's, uh-huh. she's, she's like the girl who's like a bartender at like an alt, like a kind of bar that has settlers of Catan at, on mm-hmm. the tables. And she's just like, Hey, <laughs> what's up? And it's also worth noting that by today's standards, Rosemary is like a thousand times hotter than her. Yes. She's a beautiful, <laughs> Um and she she's supposed- looks insane. She <laughs> looks like she has like a collection of like parrots. She looks like she like owns several parrots that are that all don't talk, but she's constantly trying to teach them. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know. She, she like is a relic from another time. Like it's hard to imagine what kind of person she'd be. She also has this really funny like speech impediment. Um. And she talks really annoying. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That was so wrong by today's standards that it was really entertaining anytime she was on the screen. Yeah. Like that one didn't turn me off because I was like, what is this? 
<laughs> that was almost the funniest part. Um, yeah. That she's just, I mean, I guess she's like has boobs, but besides that, I don't know. But it's like, it's, it's as unfamiliar as if like the, um, <laughs> like if you watched like three billboards outside of Ebbing's, Missouri, <laughs> every yeah. time she's on screen, it's just like, <laughs> 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 yeah just like wait what character is supposed to be hot in this scene you know what it's like it's like con air did you ever see con air no oh my god con air is so funny because like the way they film nicholas cage you're so, like clearly the camera thinks oh. he's so hot and he's nicholas cage he's like all scrawny and like he's balding and he's like this like weird mullet thing and it's but he's awful supposed, does he even have rippling muscles is he ripped in that one no not really <laughs> Yeah, that sounds right. It's it's very funny for, and I don't think it's intentional at all. But that, no, I think in those funny. days she was hot. She was a a, a stone fox. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think yeah, that's, the trumpet doesn't lie. I feel like that's the whole thing with me about musicals, especially funny musicals, musicals that are supposed to be you know slapstick and and mm-hmm. silly. Is that most of the jokes don't land. Uh, most of them are sort of confusing. Uh, and this one did a pretty good job of just, you know, the the corporate hellscape hasn't really changed that much, so it all sort of holds up in terms of, like, jokes and, um, yeah. and, and commentary. So eh, it's a fun time. Um, yeah, would you recommend it? I mean, if you like any musicals, like if you're a musical person and you haven't seen it, like run don't walk like you will like it it's very it's very silly it looks awesome the dancing is impeccable the the singing is great you know it's all it's all technically great um Mm -hmm. if you want if you've never seen i would never show someone this as like the first introduction to a musical or a movie musical you know like it's so far away when what from what like most people think of a movie is supposed to be um that I think it's only would only be confusing. I mean, it's not as bad as like I said, like Top Hat or like right. Anchors Away, <laughs> where it's like really stagey. Like at least they made it a movie, you know. Um, but yeah, it's just a goofy movie that isn't that funny, but is charming. If you want to see, oh man, a we should watch a success. goofy movie. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> Powerline. Yeah, we should watch that with Alex. <laughs> just because he's goofy <laughs> well he loves it he loves that movie oh, so really? much yeah hmm. i wonder if he sees himself as max or if he sees himself correctly as, as, as goofy, goofy. <laughs> 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 or as uh the guy who makes the leaning tower of cheese <laughs> no no he's not that's katie that is katie <laughs> um yeah but it's a goofy movie that i think is sweet and endearing um and i'm the guy who makes the movie <laughs> i don't remember the guy who makes the no movie. i just mean like literally the person who made a goofy movie <laughs> <laughs> who directed the goofy movie <laughs> whoever it doesn't matter <laughs> jeremy hammond directed the goofy movie <laughs> yeah katie and alex are <laughs> are the funny characters everyone tunes in for and i bring it to them <laughs> yeah you're kevin lima <laughs> Uh, I make sure it gets to them on time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, would you recommend this movie? Yes, of course. I love it. You love it. Um, I anybody. would recommend. I'd recommend it to literally anybody. I think 
if you have the opportunity to see it live, I would recommend that more just because any musical is always going to be better if you see it in person. Um, that's what they're designed for. <laughs> they're not designed for film. Film <laughs> is a secondary. You're really, I feel like you're really only ever supposed to watch the movie musical once you've seen the musical already. Really? Yeah, I feel kind of the same way as people do about like um, like books when they're just like, you got to read the book before you see the movie. I feel that way about musicals more than I do about <laughs> books. Um, I mean, I fully disagree with the book movie thing. Yeah, and, and in fact, I don't, I don't want to read any book. Um, <laughs> I like books, but uh, they're different <laughs> things. And I think a lot of great books make bad movies and a lot of bad books make great movies. Um, but I think like a, like a musical is similar to like um, like if you were introduced to a band via a concert film, you know, like it's never going to be the same feeling as if you go see it. That's true. In person, and I think like musicals are musical. You know, they're you're supposed to be in the same space as music, and that's what helps music work is that you can actually feel it in your body as well as hearing it. Mm. And so I think that it it and being in a crowd, being part of an audience, like really changes the way that you view any show. It's the same way with like stand-up specials versus seeing stand-up in person. Like it's always funnier in person because you're part of an audience and an audience is part of the show. Yeah, totally. And I think uh, for me, I just have seen so many better movie musicals than I've seen live musicals (laughs) Mm -hmm. just based on numbers, I think, because I've seen a lot of movies, but I haven't seen as many musical shows that I liked. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I guess, I guess I probably would agree that I probably would like something like Sweeney Todd better on stage than the movie. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I just don't have the, the. I mean, I live in New York, but I just yeah, haven't the made money the money is yet. insane to to see musicals all the damn time. Are you kidding? You never found a good scam. I feel like we, I used to go see musicals all the time for like twenty bucks because you just like. Well, you used to be able to second act. You used to be able to, um, back in the day, they used to let people out to smoke, and um, <laughs> no. it, wasn't, um, it wasn't closed into a little section. And like back when there were a lot of smokers, it was easier to sneak in. And now nobody smokes, so you can't really do it anymore. I, I used to go, when I first moved here, I used to just go to a theater mm-hmm. and then like go on standby and just like stand in line. And if they right. didn't fill out all the seats, you'd get in. And then you'd cost like 20 bucks or something. Yeah. Um, that was how I saw all the shows I've seen. Maybe that's why I've only seen bad ones. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've seen the second act of a lot of shows. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I, that's good enough, I guess. I saw um, Spider-Man turn off the dark. Ooh, how was that? Dude, it sucked. It was <laughs> one of the worst things I've ever seen. Um, but visually, it was one of the most amazing things I'd ever seen. Like it was like a 50 story tall magic trick the whole time. Like Mm -hmm. it looked incredible and it was some of the worst music I've ever heard and some of the worst acting I've ever heard. Um, That would probably make a way better movie. (laughs) It's very funny. Yeah. But anyway, that's that movie. Um, That's it. Check it out. That's what we think about musicals. It's the first time we've (laughs) talked about musicals on this show. Except for Hamilton. Oh yeah, but Hamilton was really more that, just about I, I, Hamilton. I barely feel like that's a musical. It's just people yelling at you for two hours. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, thanks so much for listening to this show uh, that is not a musical but uh, is a regular podcast called Generation Loss. Uh, I'm Bryn. 
You can follow me at Kingdom Autography. That's Jeremy. You can follow him at Jeremy Thunder. You can follow the show at Jen Lost Pod. If you'd like to hear more of our talking about movies and other things, you can go to patreon.com slash generation loss. Um, you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps people find the show. And we have a Discord now. So if you'd like to get in there, good on that Patreon. So thanks yeah. for listening. And don't ask me for the link. I'm not giving it to you for free. <laughs> That's right. But if you go to our Patreon, we'll see you there. (laughs) When I joined this firm as a brash young man, well, I said to myself, now, brash young man, don't get any ideas. Well, I stuck to that, and I haven't had one in years. You play it safe. I play it the company way. Wherever the company puts me there, I'll stay. But what is your point of view? I have no point of view. (laughs) Supposing the company thinks... I think so, too. Well, now, what would you say? uh, I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say. Your face is a company face. It smiles at executives, then goes back in place. The company furniture. Oh, it suits me fine. The company letterhead. A valentine. Uh, Is there anything you're against? Unemployment. When they want brilliant thinking uh, from employees. That is no concern of mine. Suppose a man of genius makes suggestions. Watch that genius get suggested to resign. Oh, so you play it the company way. Oh, company policy is by me okay. You'll never rise up to the but top. But there's one thing clear. Whoever the company fires, I will still be here. Oh, you certainly found a home. It's cozy. Your brain is a company brain. The company watched it. Now I can't complain. The company magazine. Boy, what style, what punch. The company restaurant. Every day, same lunch. They're having sandwich. It's delicious. Oh, I must try it. Early in the week. Do you have any hobbies? I'm a hobby. I play gin with Mr. Bratton. Mr. Bratton, do you play it nicely? Play it nicely. Still, he blitzes me in every game like that. Why? Because I play it oh, the company, company way. Yes, exactly. Executive policy <laughs> is by me okay. How can you get anywhere? Junior, Junior, have no fear. Whoever the company fires, I will still be you here. You will still be year here. Year after year after fiscal. Never take a risk or year.